Welcome back, pop culture theologians. It's me, your boy John, here with special guest, Anjanette, to talk all things pop culture and the crown, season four. Hello, Anjanette. Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> um, and that's welcome. Lady Anjanette to you. It's Lady Anjanette to you. Um, welcome back, pop culture theologians. Um, for those of you that may just be tuning in, um, we are academics that worship at the altar of pop culture. Um, specifically in our work, we find meaning and relevance to modern references within pop culture and find it through shows, books, televisions. And we break those things down for you here on the podcast. And this season, we're covering The Crown, season four. Um, and specifically this episode, episode seven, um, we will be talking about a lot of things. Um, but before we get to that, I want to make sure that you can follow my good friend, Anjanette, anywhere she is. Um, Anjanette, where are you on the interwebs? Well, um, I am not on Twitter, but I am on TikTok at PhD Ange. I'm on Instagram at Barcelona Ange. Um, and then I'm also on feminismandreligion.com. And I post once a month on that as well. And you can engage with me and how I conquer the world of religion, pop culture, and everything in between. That's right. Um, Want to give a big And where are you, John? Well, where am I? That is a great question. Emotionally um, or physically, where am I? No, um, <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> you can follow me on the interwebs on all things at J Erickson 85. And make sure you're following the show at Pop Culture Theologians on Facebook, as well as at Pop Theologians on Twitter. Um, so you can see all the stuff that we are bantering on on there. And then giving a big shout out to our host site, The Engaged Gaze, and our sister podcast, The Bible Bitches. And, you know, we're all in this together right now, you know. Uh, and right now, uh, we've got a lot of to talk about. But before we get there, Anjanette, um, we've got to go through some things about this week. So Anjanette, what the happened this week well before we start let me take a sip of my double shot peach tea because we have not one but two impeachments of donald trump have you been saying it in a dun, dun, dracula dun. voice i've been saying it every way because you can't not say it the right way that he's the first president in the united states history to be impeached twice Yes, we love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the impeachment um, in less than five days to go to the end of his presidency. The end of what was probably the longest four years out of any one of our lives. I mean, yeah, good. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Good riddance um, to rubbish. You know, speaking about things that um, keep me up at night, um, uh, one of our favorite actors is apparently a cannibal. Oh my goodness. Army Hammer has gotten into a little hot water because of his exposed DMs with some of his lady friends that have a questionable flavor to it. Per se? Human, human flavor. 
human flavor, a little bit of flesh, maybe a little bondage. It's it's some kinky ass shit. I mean, we have to acknowledge that it was in the privacy of a conversation. Do we? But it's not when we have social media. Uh, nothing's really private anymore. So. Army Hammer. I mean, with the name of Army Hammer, can you expect anything less? You know, we're not here to sex shame. We're not here to shame any way, shape, That's or right. form. We just report the facts as we read them on the obscure websites on the internet. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we have um, some questions, Army Hammer. Um, uh, I, uh, we've got lots of questions. Um, you can DM me privately. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm happy to take that and receive it. Um, but yeah, we've got some questions, Army. But uh, in better news, and to go along with the show specifically, um, we have two very important people who were recently vaccinated. Who are those people, AJ? The Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, the Prince Philip, have been vaccinated. So we know they are safe from harm and that her reign, may she live long, for another we'll 90 years or at least another 20 so that we can bypass charles and go straight to will i honestly do believe that she's like i'm never dying because you will make the worst king so we're just gonna last this one out <laughs> i honestly think she's spiting him because of what happened with diana she's all like you divorced her you're never getting the crown like <laughs> she's probably withholding him from getting the vaccine she's like no 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 he doesn't need it. He'll be fine. Well, and he got it too. He he got Corona. Uh, he got the Rona early, very early because he met with Boris Johnson and oh. Boris Johnson got it. Two, two yeah. upstanding individuals. Right. Two, two individuals doing the people's work in, in the Commonwealth, uh, in the Commonwealth there. So, well, you know, we, it is what it is, <laughs> but we've got, I mean, and we are seven days post the start of the second civil war and the storming of the Capitol. Yeah, we have um, a lot of reckoning to do with this country. You know, I think you and I both understand that when people say that this isn't who we are as a country, we automatically say, no, 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 no. This is right. who this we is, are as a country. This is exactly what we are. Yeah. Like, where so have I had been? a conversation and they were like, this never happens. I was like, you do know the last time a person of Congress refused to certify elections started the Civil War. Like 10 members of Congress were kicked out because they refused to certify Abraham Lincoln as president. And then they moved and created the Confederate States. And the last time the Capitol was sieged, the White House was, was, by the was burned in the war of eight, in, in eighteen twelve. I mean, it's it's just I look at it and it's like I was watching the um, I was of the the person that I just could not stop watching, and I, I had to I had to be a witness, and I couldn't turn it off, and I had three different news i had cnn i had abc and i had c-span all going at the same time and it was so interesting the republican senators are all quoting abraham lincoln and i'm like your action abraham lincoln would have deemed as seditious and he would have kicked you out 
like but you're using his words that the hypocrisy is just astounding yeah no um ted cruz and josh holly are trash there's the seditious traitors seditious traitors i am convinced that josh holly from missouri definitely has a grinder profile that's just his torso oh, you know that him matt gates oh totally um, matt gates are, are total like butt buddies like if that can say that like well they are total individuals who are not at knowledge of their sexuality i'm sure they're so sexual deviants like and i, I don't want to shame anyone but they have that air like they're what they're doing isn't kosher well, they, they're those individuals that um, uh, demean and demonize the other while they participate in the same actions. They just feel that yes. they can never be held accountable. It's just disgusting. They're gross. And they're, they're definitely, they have that air of like, as, as, a, as a Catholic, as a raised Catholic, like they have the guilt of the like, they know what they're doing is wrong, but they don't care as long as they're getting away with it. Like that's, they have it. They're just, mm, I yeah, can't. I hope it. they get expelled from Congress. I mean, they need to be a hundred percent. Well, speaking of. And same of, with that Laura, the Lauren Bobert from Colorado. Yeah. Ugh. They're all. The worst. Yeah, they are the worst. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but, you know, speaking of, you know, people that are not the worst, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite characters in the crown this episode. Um, and so we've got a lot to discuss. So, you know, queen. Our, the true queen. Um, so why don't we get into our breakdown of episode seven of season four? Okay, listeners, what we're going to do is we're breaking this down by some of the main points that we discussed throughout this episode. Um, like we always do, we're not going to go through a complete recap because this episode has a lot. It's emotionally really silent scenes of Margaret just looking really sad in a pool um, yeah. off in Jamaica somewhere. Um, and frankly, you know, I can't see her that sad. However, um, we have a lot to talk about here. And there's some, you know, historical accuracy when we're looking at this show. Um, but specifically, we want to make sure we're providing a little bit of history. This, you know, we are academics after all. Um, but what we do have here is we have two sisters who are very, very different. Um, and AJ labeled it in our outline, the juxtaposed sisters and, um, you know, but the Windsors and the Bose Lions. And so, Anjanette, will you kick us off in some little history here? So the, the episode kind of exposes a, a hidden secret, but not really a hidden secret because everyone um, in the upper echelons of the royal family and medical staff had been aware of this secret, but... Um, in the episode, Margaret is encouraged by Charles to seek um, psychotherapy, to go to um, a therapist. And the therapist explains that she's aware of the family history of the sisters. And through that, we find out that the Bulls Lions, which is um, the Queen Mother, so Queen Elizabeth's mother, her brother had a couple of children that were deemed mentally unfit and were placed into a, a home, a residence home. And then 
apparently were were said to have died, but the reality was that they were actually still living in this resident's home. And it brings up this, Margaret really struggles with this concept of is mental illness, is madness in her blood? Is she prone to this? Is this something that she can't outrun? Um, not just that it's a product of she hasn't been able to marry, she was never allowed to be queen, all these other, she's not allowed to do what she really wants outside of the duty of the, of the um, crown. But it, it shows the difference and it's two sisters, Catherine and Nerissa are the bulls lines that are placed into a residence home compared to the sisters of Margaret and Elizabeth and how that plays out. So when we understand this, and if you're a royal family stan, like we all are, um, we have these things that they talk about regarding the heredity principle and the Regency Act. Um, Anjanette, what is the Regency Act so we can know? And if, you're, if you've seen The Young Victoria, you know all about it, or Victoria on PBS, which is a right. great show. Um, I know, I got you. I know you love that show. Um, but yes. what is the Regency so the Regency Act that they, they quote, the 1937 Regency Act that they quote is, is based on the um, Regency Act that was created during the reign or right before Queen Victoria. Because um, when she becomes queen, she's not actually eligible. She is under the age of 18. And so they write this Regency Act that says um, that the event of the re reigning monarch is incapacitated um, then they or a minor, they will have a regent put in place until the the monarch or the minor comes of age. The monarch gets better, or the minor monarch comes of age. So Queen Victoria had a regent until she became um, of age, and then in 1937 they um, amended it because at the time that Queen Elizabeth's father George the Sixth. Um, takes um, the crown, she is not 18. And so the heir apparent is not technically legally able to take the crown if her father gets incapacitated before she becomes 18. So they created the new 1937 Regency Act, which establishes the office of the counselor of state that says that um, there are certain several up to six approved adults who are of the royal line, who are British, who live in Britain, um, that can act for the crown. And so um, the counselors of state, this becomes important because Margaret is a counselor of state. She is able to act as um, the placement of the, of the queen, um, she is in the line of succession, but over the course of the episode, she gets pushed out for the queen's children um, because her, the Queen Elizabeth's final son, Edward, turns 21 and is now a, um, eligible for the line of succession and the counselor of state. Um, currently, what it means today is that the current counselors of state is Prince Philip. Charles, William, Harry, but he is actually not anymore in the line because he does not live in England. And then, um, so Anne is now kind of the pseudo 
line for Harry. And then we have Andrew, but we all know that Andrew is the black sheep kicked out of the family. And so Edward is now the, um, taking Andrew's place in the line of the counselors of state. So that's the, the brass tacks of the Regency Act. Thank you, scholar and Jeanette. Uh, we love this. We love a good history lesson. Um, and specifically when we're looking at this, you know, what this episode really does is focuses on Margaret, right? We all have been begging for a Margaret episode. This is it. This is the one we get. Um, she's obviously been some of our favorite character in the entire show. Um, Helen Bonham Carter uh, obviously is fabulous playing with her and so the fact that this is the last season that she'll be playing her you know to our knowledge besides flashbacks you know we don't get much of her this season um which is unfortunate it's so unfortunate but she shines in this episode and the worst part about this episode well the most not worse because it's not bad but the heartbreaking episode part about this episode is that she wants to go to the queen and like get more involved she wants to help out and take her rightful place and do all these things. And the queen literally has to sit there and be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like she finally realizes her purpose and her duty is to the crown. And she goes to the queen and says like, give me whatever you want. And the queen has to be like, well, actually I'm kicking you out because my son's ready to take over. And it's a very heartbreaking, um, it's a really interesting um, journey that you go on because you see the immense highs that she has and the incredible lows. Like she is the life of a party. She knows how to celebrate. She knows how to have a good time. She knows how to live it up, especially with that David Bowie dance that we see uh, with her friend um, that they call her, Dazzle. Well, and where does Dazzle go in this episode? He becomes a Roman Catholic priest. <laughs> but he also is uh dealing with his own to go back to our talking points of of the week um he he may or may not be a friend of dorothy to hear the queen say friend of dorothy and not know what it was was a was a wonderful point of this i mean margaret didn't know what a friend of the door of dorothy was and i was like margaret come margaret. on she's had so many gays in her life let's let's be real here like the queen even can notice that she that dazzles a friend of dorothy I mean, his name is dazzle well, it's actually Derek, but they no, call I, him Dazzle. I mean, look, yeah. if you have the nickname of Dazzle. Right. Right. I mean, that's like people looking at my childhood photos and being like, come on. That's like when I look at like Liberace and I look at Elton John and Freddie Mercury now, like after a couple of years later, I'm all like, how did you, how did no one, or George Michael, like how did no one know? I mean, you look at like these really handsome, like Cary Grant, all of these people. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hello, Dorothy's calling. And we love it. We're here for it. We're um, so here for it. Uh, but yeah, so moving on, you know, Margaret really is the true queen of season four, you know. And, yes, she is. And she's got these one-liners, you know, in a few episodes back when we we're talking about the favorites that Marcy and I discussed and, she, you know, or the tour that Diana and Charles go when they go to Australia. And she's like, yes, what could have ever have happened if you don't love your children enough? Like, you know, and she's been oftentimes, you know, the victim and she just has to passively sit there and watch, you know, her family move on without her. And, you know, she really starts to decline with her purpose and who she is. And we really see her start to break. You know, she goes, she starts drinking a lot again. She wasn't going to drink anymore. And 
smoking heavily and and then ultimately you know she's going back and forth to jamaica right it's jamaica it's 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 one of it's it's jamaica or bermuda or it's it's one of the their commonwealth um maybe it's bermuda yeah i'm pretty sure it's one of the it's it's one of the islands but this episode also shows like her as a queen but it also shows her looming health problems um so she she goes in she starts coughing a lot um and then she goes in for there's there's just a lot of things that happen um the poor woman in the end of her life but she has a line in this episode when she's talking to dazzle and dazzles like trying to get her to leave the royal family because he sees that it's just destroying her and he she responds by telling him like no like the crown and the queen is the center and i'm protected and i'm in that center and i'm not going to leave it um and which is the really telling about the lure and the danger of royalty and and the crown of and how you can have this ultimate position and power and wealth but that it does cost something. it was very interesting especially because as someone that follows current royal family i could not help but see the juxtaposition of of harry and megan to what margaret was suffering with and how harry was like here give me what i you know what you want and then realizing the danger of being so close to the center and never being the actual center and he was able to pull away, whereas Margaret doesn't. And you think about when you look at Margaret is oftentimes she is that voice of reason. When you look at her trying to save Diana and being like, mm-hmm. you know, this is not going to end well, hint, hint, it doesn't. Um, you look at, I mean, her own life when she wanted to get divorced and her marriage and all that happened. Um, You know, and it's interesting because I think one thing I found really unique is that while she's off on her sunny vacation, you know, trying to get her life together, you see her friends kind of see her go down this spiral. But Charles is the one that implores her to consider therapy. And I'm like, "Um, hello, Charles, Uh, pot, kettle, like you need to go to therapy, like big time. Right, like that, it was such a laughable moment because he, he was telling her like, I'm so depressed. I'm, I'm, it's so bad because Diana's pregnant again. And, eh, eh, eh. but yeah. you know, I went to therapy and maybe you should too. And I was all like, what therapy did you go to? Because yeah, what therapist was like, Oh, by the way, you're fine. Like, no boy. <laughs> like keep seeing that mistress of yours. It's really your wife that has all the problems. It, honestly, if he was going to Freudian therapy, I'm sure that's actually what they said. And then it's they blamed his mother. So it's just, you know, it's totally fine. Um, but, you know, you're completely right when you think about the the center is everything. Because you look at how the queen mother, even herself, you know, when she's talking to Margaret, you know, says these these two distant relatives, you know, they're dead, you know, and they've written them off of history. You know, in the genealogy book, they're listed as death. Um, as as dying and you know there's an understanding of Margaret relates to them in a way because she oftentimes feels that she's been left off by her family she's pushed away from the center just like this happens to be and she identifies with these individuals um, and and these and these and these relatives because um, 
they ultimately are a piece of her and she worries that where is she different who how is she different you know and this is that whole aspect with hereditary bloodlines that we see from marrying your second cousin or your first cousin and what it actually right. well, does right because royal bloodlines were so inbred that there was so many curated yeah and that's it was really interesting that you know later margaret voices why finding out that the bulls lines sisters were still alive and not just their first cousins but three other siblings have were also or it would have been like I think it's like third cousins removed to the queen were also um, deemed mentally unfit and put into this residence home. And the therapist tells her, well, I looked into it and, it, and that's actually through the mother, her line. So it's not actually your genes that are part of, of why five members but that I was watching and I was like, okay, yeah, for that instance, but what about George the third? What about the Prince of Kent? Like they had other mental illness. What about Charles and his mental illnesses? Like, and now we can also rope in most likely probably Andrew has some things. So, you know, and Will and Harry have also been very vocal currently about their struggles with losing their mother so young. Harry talks about having PTSD because he was an active military in um, Afghanistan, Iraq. And so it does provide, a, you know, the preserving the bloodline at all costs meant also kicking those that did not meet standards up. And Margaret is like, no wonder my lifestyle, who I wanted to marry, what I wanted to do with my life, who I am, never seemed to fit right. Yeah, and I think we oftentimes get, you know, this viewpoint of the show through um, Princess Margaret specifically is that, um, and some, an author wrote about this so beautifully when I was looking at different recaps that Margaret is oftentimes the lens that we look at and how we upkeep royal protocols at the expense mm -hmm. of people's personhood, their feelings, their emotions, right? And she is the one that has to deal with that constantly. She's the one that um, is either victimized by this or is trying to speak up for it. And you look at the ways in which these bloodlines were meant to, to protect um, King George on the throne and, and that his cousins had to be hidden away but in reality it was never about him so the royal bloodline was fine but yet we see the unbeknown cruel cruelty that was inflicted on these three individuals um, as a result of the the rush to protect the throne the crown right and and its validity and what that meant and Princess Margaret is the way in which we we look through that lens to really, I think, see the humanness of the show, which is why I think so many people yeah. relate to her. And it's, you know, like you were saying, that really struck a chord at how preserving the, the bloodline, but it's killing the person. Mm -hmm. Like you have to preserve the crown and the bloodline and this uh, hereditary principle of that this one bloodline is the reigning monarch but it actually kills the people in that line. Um, it's a really powerful thing.
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when she goes there and sees these things and I think understands what's happening, um, she, I think, finally realizes maybe a little bit more about her family than she wants to. Um, and that she already knew that they were pretty depraved, <laughs> right? Or that, like, you know, I think that when you look at how her personal life has been handled and her romantic life, the sacrifices she has been made have made her realize that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the crown will go to whatever lengths. And I think she already thought that was like really low. But now when she sees this, she's like, oh, wow, this is even lower. It's kind of like what we see today. Like, where is rock bottom? Yeah. And, and how much, um, I, and I think Dazzle even, which is why he was trying to pull her away, was like, how much more do you need to give to this and not receive anything in return? Um, how, you know, how many more pounds of flesh must you give for the crown and for the center and you don't have anything else for yourself, you know? And, and it's so, it's, it's interesting because the episode ends with her just sitting drinking by the pool in the Caribbean, um, resigned to being a quintessential lesser lesser royal because her duties have been stripped to make way for Queen Elizabeth's children. Um, But still knowing she she's so integral and, and interwoven into that family that she can't leave. Yeah, and I think that's why when Prince Harry and 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 Meghan really left, you know, they did what other people have said they may do, but they actually did it. They're like, no, we're not preserving your idea of the crown for my own personhood, right? Like, I think Harry's like, look, yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to be king unless all of you are in a building. Unless and a bunch of right. Trumpsters try to storm your capital or whatever, right? You know. Right. Um, and so what matters to me is my wife and my children. And, you know, and I think maybe Diana's legacy leaves on through that. And, you know, you see how Charles is just miserable and he does everything to preserve the bloodline. He obviously would do these things to protect it. And then you have, um, you know, the queen ultimately, you know, leading the show and saying these, you know, the crown and service comes before anything. And that includes even her own sister, who she loves most of all. Like she, right. the show, her sister is her person, you know, and, and right. sister. And I think it's like, it's really, it's really important too, because I think M- Margaret sets up um, for and built and creates the path to which Harry and Meghan are able to go on. Um, because I think she was this voice of like, why can't we do it that the way that's right and and healthy for people and not the crown? And look at what you you made me give up my the love of my life. You made Charles give up at the time the love of his life. You made Anne, um, and, you know, all these things, and and you force them to stay into these loveless marriages until you allow for a divorce to happen, and. I, I think she would have, yeah, she sets up something that allows for Henry or Harry and Megan and then Diana, like Mar- Margaret and Diana. And I think a little bit of Philip in the sense of Philip understands outsiderness, if that's even a word. Um, 
because I think he, you know, we have later things in the later episodes. It shows a little bit about how Philip is is truly on Diana's side in many things. But Philip really takes a very huge role in his grandchildren's lives. And Harry being the favorite of the queen, I'm not surprised that he was able to walk away the way that he was he was allowed to by the queen because of all these other things it's just it's really sad because we're we live in what we're in 2021 that's what they tell me do right do we really need a reigning one i mean she's not even she's a figurehead in england so do we even need charles to be king no i mean i'm all for skipping charles just for the record so i mean but what what does what would what does the crown look like when will comes of it you know when he gets the crown like what does that even look like um is an interesting question i think that they're the writers of the show are very very aware of the current landscape of the british monarchy yeah i mean and you also you know elizabeth in the show the queen the queen says to margaret you know if it were up to me i would have given it all to you but it's not up to her you know yeah like it's it's very interesting um of how the queen has that concept of she didn't really want this and if she would have if she would have had the choice she wouldn't have even said yes like that's telling like the longest reigning monarch in modern times didn't want it like what do you even do with that exactly Exactly. So here we are, you know, we continue to see it and we're going to be discovering it as we continue to move forward into episode eight. And we'll be back to talk more about you with everything and the crown. Yeah. See you later. Bye.